and then you just have like this awful realization. It's almost like you can just see how he just develops this pit in his stomach. And then it goes into the anger part. This is exactly what we're going to do to Andy at the end of season three. <laughs> My God. And he's just going to find out that he's just been cut out. <laughs> and his, and, and when group his shares, film, yeah, when his group shares got Lim, diluted. Group Lim has, has blown up and his, it's like, it's like, what were Andy? Yeah. 0.03%. Oh my gosh. You better lawyer up. (laughs) Lights. Marker. Action. Welcome everyone to the group. Uh, How excited are you for this? I'm really excited. Seriously. Like, like, uh, you want to know how I'm feeling on the inside? I want the outside. Inside and outside. All right. On the inside, I'm feeling really warm and fuzzy. Uh, Is that the coffee? And on the outside, you know, like my, my, uh, I'm sweating a little bit. You can feel the perspiration on my hands. That's, (laughs) that's, uh, that's how I'm feeling right now. I'm really excited, everyone, to be talking about The Social Network today. It's from 2010, directed by David Fincher. One of my top 20, maybe top 15 favorite films of all time. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I just uh, adore this movie. And I think that uh, our discussion today is going to be really interesting. I can't wait to get your takes on, see what you think about a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And I hope that we have a specific amount of time to talk about the uh, deeper um, ideas, you know, regarding what's right and wrong as far as what Mark Zuckerberg did. Mm. And of course, uh, we'd like to preface this before we go into this. This is a movie what we saw in the movie isn't necessarily 100% what actually happened. We're going to be discussing, for the most part, the movie and not so much the real events. Right. So um, we hope that you enjoy this as much as we're going to. We have two additional no, guests yeah, today. No. <laughs> <laughs> two additional guests? Uh, we want to say hello to uh, my wife, Juana, and uh, Iris, hello. Uh, who is Brian's Hi. wife. Yes. And um, they've been no, sorry, not me. Iris has been on Iris the podcast on the, before. Yeah, yeah. Did I say it was her she's, first time? She's a veteran. No, no, no? you didn't say. Okay. But I feel like you were headed in that direction. Yeah. yeah, probably. No, welcome back, Iris. We're happy to have nice, you. Nice, nice to and, be here. Um, so we've got a, a a group here that I think is fairly smart, and we're gonna be <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna dive into this um, uh, right away and just talk about a lot of things. Um, so. Let's go ahead and get started with the story time with Andy. Everybody's favorite segment. I'd just like to say real quick, my wife couldn't make it, but just... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what do Home Alone, Terminator 2, Apollo 13, and Lady and the Tramp all have in common? They all have villains. That might be right. (laughs) I don't know who the villain is in Apollo 13. They all have an E in it. Space. The correct answer no, is they, they were each new inductees into the National Film Registry this year. So oh, what wow. is the National Film Registry? It is the Library of Congress's annual recognition of cinematic distinction. To be inducted, the film must be at least 10 years old and carry what the library considers to be cultural, historic, or aesthetics importance. So every year since 1988, 25 movies have been inducted each year for a total of 875 movies. Some other movies inducted this year include 12 Years a Slave, The Nightmare Before Christmas, and I don't get this one, but Love and Basketball was inducted also this year. Hmm, never, never seen uh, it. It was 2000, Omar Epps. Uh, it's not a... I, it, I didn't like it. I like him. 
so with the induction of Terminator 2, James Cameron now has three films in the National Film Registry, the other two being Terminator, the original, and Titanic. That's awesome. I imagine at some point in the next couple of years, Avatar will make it, even though I don't like that movie. Yeah. Spike Lee is the leader right now. He has five movies of his in the National Film Registry. And Disney has 14 total movies in there, which is a lot. But technically, it sounds little when there's 875 movies in there. Yeah. Um, but apparently, that's significant because not every Disney movie is going to Is going to make it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's yeah. story time today. Andy, yeah. thank you so much for the story time. I wanted to bring one thing out that listeners aren't going to be able to see, but that, um, <laughs> what do you want to call it? That get up you got on right now? Is that because your product was at the cleaners? Yes. <laughs> good, good, good. I hope everybody got the reference. Um, okay, let's do the no cap recap. As you guys know, this is where we're going to go over the entire movie in summarized form. Spoilers are ahead. Uh, so if you haven't seen the movie, great time to stop the pod right now. Go watch it and then come back. Our story begins in 2003 on campus at Harvard University. Student Mark Zuckerberg, after a spirited conversation with his girlfriend Erica Albright, heads to his dorm room angry and drunk after being dumped. With a bit of help from his best friend Eduardo Saverin, this leads him to the creation of a site called FaceMash, a site that allows users to compare other female students and determine who's hotter. It got so much traffic in two hours, the network at Harvard crashed, but naturally got Mark in some trouble. This drew the attention of the Winklevoss twins, along with their business partner Divya Narendra who had an idea to create a Harvard-based social networking site and make it exclusive to Harvard students. They approached Mark with this idea to see if he would be interested in helping them build it. He agreed. Instead of doing so, however, Mark forged ahead with the creation of his own site, with the financial backing of Eduardo. He called it The Facebook, a social networking site for Harvard students only. And it very quickly expanded. Before they knew it, they weren't just in more than 20 schools, they were on two continents. And this, then, drew the attention of Sean Parker, most infamous, for having created the music-sharing app Napster. Sean and Eduardo disagree strongly on how to grow Facebook. Wardo thinks they need advertisers and pursues advertisers in New York, while Sean believes it's too early for that and encourages Mark to move the company to California, where they can get in front of the right people in the tech world. This leads to a major falling out between Mark and Eduardo, and Mark ends up stabbing Eduardo in the back and cutting him out of the company completely. Throughout the movie, we see some classic non-linear storytelling with scenes of discovery in two different lawsuits. At this point, we understand why the Winklevi twins and Eduardo have sued Mark over Facebook. The twins because they feel their idea was stolen, and Eduardo because he was cut out of the company he helped found. Ultimately, Mark is advised by his attorneys to settle with both parties. In the grand scheme of things, it amounts to a speeding ticket. But he's lost more than money. He may be rich, and he may be the CEO of an extremely valuable social network that's designed to connect friends, but he lost his own friends along the way. So that's the recap. Why do you love or not love this movie? I love this movie, and it's a little difficult to uh, pin it to something in particular because you could talk on a technical level. It is extremely well made and just a joy to to watch and to listen to. And you know why? Of course, is, right? Yeah, because the guy behind it is a perfectionist. Right, exactly. Um, well, and so like a lot of talented people went into this movie. I mean, it, it really is te- on a technical level. Um, I don't want to use the word masterpiece, but it, it probably is, isn't it? It probably is. And 
I, I'm not allowed to use that word during this pod because it's it'd just be so much bias and everybody just be like, come on, Steven, tone right. it down a little bit. I, yeah, no, I get it. But but I'm glad you're thinking it. There's that part, but there's also like the um, the emotions that this can stir up, the story itself. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that um, I don't know if it was actually Aaron Sorkin that said this um, or if it was someone else that was involved in the cast that said that this is not... No, lots of people on the cast said this. That this is not a movie about a website. That's just part of it. Right. Whenever you look at the list of things or themes that this movie touches on, the, the website aspect is like sixth on the list. I mean, you can replace that with pretty much anything. But at its core, it's a story about friendship and, and betrayal mm-hmm. and the feelings that, that go along with that. And that's what makes it such a... Uh, is the word evocative? Is that what it is? Yeah, like it impactful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, I remember the, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but the very first time that I saw this movie, I remember a lot of the emotion that I felt was like I was indignant, basically, for for what happened between these two characters. Yeah. And now uh, that I rewatch it, I don't feel that same level of, you know, righteous anger. Yeah. But... It changes, uh, doesn't it? When you rewatch this movie, at least that's the case for me. Like I, I some of the feelings I felt the first time, I didn't feel this time. Right. I, I might have even felt a little bit more sympathy for certain people that I didn't the first time. Yeah, and we'll see if we're talking about the same people or mm-hmm. not. But for me, it's more. I view this now as a tragedy. Mm-hmm. And which uh, it is really. Yeah, because and and that the same goes for like all characters involved. But anyways, I gushed too much. I'm so sorry. I apologize. <laughs> no, no. I'm glad that most of the gu- I hope that most of the gushing comes from somebody other than myself because I already know how I feel about this. Like I'm I'm at a 10 out of 10 for me. So I just want somebody else to really, you know, bring it up. That was only a mild gush, Brian. You're okay. Yeah. Was it a mild gush? Okay. Yes. Yeah, keep right. just damp in here. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just damp. The keyboard's still clean. Jeez. All right. Let's uh let's go into Iris. You, uh, why do you love or not love this movie? No, I really like this movie. It's really good. I really like the dialogue. It just like, like, like really gets you just listening to it. And it's like, oh my gosh. It's sharp, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Um, my first time watching it, yep. Didn't understand a thing in the first part. I was like, what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> but then the second time, I felt like my IQ went up. You know, oh, so. look at that. <laughs> How about you, Juana? Okay, so is it a great movie? Absolutely. However, oh here we oh, go. Here we oh, go. No. Oh, oh no! I, I had a feeling see. this was coming. No, yeah. I am not oh, going to God. say that it was a bad movie. I'm going to give it like credit. It, love it. I do not. I did not enjoy watching it because. And this is your second time watching. This is my right? second time watching it. Yeah. The indignation, like Brian actually described it perfectly. The indignation that you feel from the betrayal that made me not enjoy it at all. <laughs> However, I think it's to the credit of the actors and of the writers. They made those characters, well, specifically, I would say Mark Zuckerberg's character, so unlikable to me that I, I actually feel those feelings. And Sean, you hated Sean. I hated oh, Sean. I, hated I was okay with Mark for some reason. Oh, no, Sean I hated like, him. And uh, now I feel like I view Jesse Eisenberg negatively because he did such a good job yeah. portraying Don't hold jerk. it against Jesse Eisenberg. I know, I he's, can't. He's super cool. I know, yeah. I can't, but... I think that's why, like I'm saying, it's a great movie. I did not enjoy it. And I, you, Steven can tell you yesterday, I was just like gripping his arm, like, like just in anger. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's just my personal feelings. I think yeah. if I watched it a third time, 
probably the same feelings would I, arise. I, I, I want to say this not just because you're my wife. I'm so glad that you have a, a contrary opinion to us. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good for this discussion. <laughs> and, and I know that there are things about this movie that you value, but mm-hmm. it, it's kind of cool that you actually don't love it necessarily. No, and I don't want to say I don't. I just don't enjoy watching it. Gotcha. Like, gotcha. I think that this is like a one. Like I, you watched I admit it once, it's a great movie. I'm good yeah. with it. How about you, Andy? Mm-hmm. Um, I can echo a lot of the sentiments that Juana just expressed. It's, you know, when you don't, the main character is somebody you don't root for. Mm-hmm. But, so I will say this. I don't love this movie, but I really like this movie. It's tremendously well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's incredibly written. Acting is tremendous. Um, it's a difficult watch for me because I can't root for Jesse Eisenberg mm-hmm. in this movie. But man, did he do such a good job that you yeah. just despise him the whole yes. movie, which <laughs> yeah. is a sign of a tremendous actor. There you Absolutely. go. Exactly. Yeah. And a question for you guys. Do you struggle with movies that are like that, where you can't root for, for a lot of the people? You know, usually, um, if, if, if I want to especially rewatch a movie, um, I want to feel good by the end of it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, like, I, I, I want those moments where you can cheer for the characters and... And so watching essentially a tragedy over and over again is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing that makes this movie you know, so rewatchable for me is the fact of how well made it is. Mm-hmm. Because it is still a joy to watch uh, just how it all comes together. And, right. and uh, you know, like, like Iris said, the dialogue and Aaron Sorkin's writing, it's just, uh, it's just so enjoyable that I can get over the negative aspects that you know the story itself is going to provide same exactly and for me it's all about story like somebody can tell me hey i've got a story for you they sit me down get a you know a cup of hot chocolate and even if the story is a bit of a downer or it start like most of it is horrible but if at the end they have like it has a really poignant message mm-hmm. you know uh I'm, I'm like wow that was worth it I'm glad that I sat down with this person to hear that story. And that's essentially what Fincher did. It's like gonna... he's, he's not trying to make you feel good with this movie in any way or celebrate Facebook as this like, wow, look at the creation of this and how wonderful it went and everybody was kumbaya and, you know, <laughs> holding hands and everything. Uh, it's kumbaya. Yeah, it said, is. It's kumbaya. I said it's okay. Kumbaya. It's all right. I'm going to bring back Mario Hey, Steven, yeah. I'm going to bring back this whole reasoning thing you just said right okay. now whenever i want you to watch like schindler's list or something oh my gosh i don't know if i can watch that, that. you you have to though yeah, because rough. you yeah. literally just, you said, just said you just said that if it shows you a poignant message at the end as long as even if there was unenjoyable yeah. things yeah. super long well yeah, and, yeah. and I, even yeah. as a film guy you I, need to watch I, it i kind of knifed myself so i thank you juana i'm also gonna make him watch the meg because the oh message no, the no no there's nothing to be learned from that movie yes there is other than Jason oh Statham is just like oh, no, the, so the, the need for exploration should not trump the safety and well-being yeah. of everybody. There's a lot of messages about yeah. greed oh. in that movie too. Very, so very. Uh-huh. Oh, so, so they're exactly. just uh, copying off oh Jaws, basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, cool guys. Um, so I want to say like last time, and I think this is something I'm going to continue to do now. I'm going to get really artsy with my comments. Okay. Because oh. oh, I like to, I want to, I want to be a good writer eventually. Um, and so here's what I wrote about him. It's a movie about betrayal, jealousy, the perils of improperly motivated ambition, and the cost of introducing a negative influence into your life. The irony of this movie has always struck me. The f- world's first great and largest social network was created with the intent of connecting people and making friends, 
yet it was created by a person with little to no interest in connecting with people and making friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, in the movie, he flat out says, I don't want friends. Later on, he has no interest in rehabilitating his image. Um, Divya Narendra uh, says, this guy doesn't have three friends to rub together to make a fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, and he becomes the youngest billionaire in the world despite not caring for money, but loses everything of true value like his best friend. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I got. I do love this movie, as I've made clear. So what was your reaction to it after seeing it the first time in theaters versus now? We kind of talked a little bit about this, but real quick, we can mention it again. Juana, you clearly uh, hated it both um, times. Or yeah. <laughs> you know, and I did go in to watching this second time with certain... With an open mind, I thought maybe as the years have passed, maybe I'll be able to understand Zuckerberg's character a little bit more. Maybe mm-hmm. new life experiences, who knows? And absolutely not. Nothing changed for you. Not oh, you know. Did did you uh, have a little bit more love for anybody in particular, or did your stance change on somebody? Uh, did their motivations become a little bit more sympathetic to you? No, I think Wardo, I loved him even more in the second one. Okay. The only thing is, and I'm, I'm sure Andy's going to talk about it later because he had mentioned about it. After reading the real life events, of course, it changed everything for me. But just sticking strictly to the movie, no, I feel the exact same feelings. Right. How about you, I Iris? The first time. Um, well, I didn't watch this in theaters. I actually watched this way later. Yeah. I thought it was a great movie, but I like this movie... It, I would rewatch it if it's like with someone that hasn't seen it. Mm-hmm. That's the type of movie this is. Not just because oh it's there, let me watch it. Yeah, no. gotcha. Right? That's a good. That's a good. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a good reason actually. Yeah. I had I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, I would because I can rewatch this movie and I'll find something to enjoy every time. Yeah. Um, but when you can see other people's reactions for the first time, yeah, and kind of encourage that discussion as far as what happened in the story. Um, I think that that's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a fun movie to kind of explain. And I think it does need some explaining. How did you guys feel about the the time jumps? Because from the get-go, they do that, and they don't really tell you they're doing that. Mm-hmm. So when you initially watch it, you're just like, wait, I don't understand this. Like, how did he jump from, you know, being at school to all of a sudden being in a deposition? Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, you kind of have to help people follow that. Yeah, but the, the story lends itself to it. Yeah, you, and it works It works great. Yeah. I love that aspect of it. Maybe the very, very first scene change to, you know, that now that we're getting into the legal stuff, yeah. you're a little bit confused because you have to piece together, oh, shoot. First of all, Eduardo's now on the other side of the table. Mm-hmm. So now you, you're, they're not friends. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But they say it in that scene, so that helps. And then you ask, you have to now jump to the other um, lawsuit that's going on. And so you have to piece that together first. And then you have to piece together what it is that they're saying and how it relates to the actual linear story that's going on, the main story. Um, so maybe at first it's a little jarring. But it very quickly, you know, resolves. Yeah. How about you, Andy? First time versus now. So first time I saw it was in 2010. Thought it was really well done, really well acted, really well written. And I said, I never want to watch this movie again. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And then so 13 years passed. And now I was really excited to rewatch this movie. Now that we're doing this podcast, I'm trying to view movies more critically. And I saw, you know, one clip from it a couple weeks ago. And I was really, really excited to jump into it and watch it again. And overall, my feelings are pretty much the same. It's really well written, tremendously acted, and 
it's not any higher or lower for me. Okay. Like it, it is a really well done movie that I have no interest in rewatching. Gotcha. Okay. Very similar, MD and I. So, quick question for you guys, um, just to make it a little bit difficult. We already know that there's differences between what happens in this movie and the real account. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, if you had to categorize this movie into one of two categories, which one would you put it in? Would you put it under legal drama, or would you put it under biopic? No, uh, it's it's biopic. Biopic. You would yeah, say so, despite yeah. the differences. Because the the legal aspect is not taking place in a courtroom, mm -hmm. and we're not seeing. You but it know, doesn't have to. No, I know that, but it's whenever you tell someone to watch a legal drama, then the focus of it is the legal aspect, and it isn't. Mm -hmm. It's more the relationships, mm -hmm. how they started and how they crashed and burned. Well, and that was easier than I thought. I thought like you guys were going to struggle there. I thought no. I was like, man, I got a good one, a curveball for, for some of these guys. Enough of it was real um, to where it's a biopic. Yeah? You mm -hmm. know, it's not too... Dramatized. Yeah. There, there were some aspects that were exaggerated or just you know made up. Eighty-five percent. Yeah, but the, the basic chain of events were yeah. Yeah. pretty true to. Yeah. Uh, just uh, one note on that, just because I remember him saying it. Mark Zuckerberg didn't want to watch this movie initially, but he ended up doing it after a little bit of uh, insistence, I guess, or whatever. Uh, he um, he said that almost none of the movie. Is true. Yeah. Now, of course, of yeah. course, he's gonna say only the clothing. He said, he, he said, oh, you heard that too? Yeah, only, the clothing. only the clothing. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's the like, part I'm, I wish I'm, wasn't true. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, I think I had that same gap hoodie or something like that. Yeah, they, but, they nailed the clothing. Yeah, so um, that's that's interesting to me. Uh, I have to believe that there's a level of truth in this movie, and he just doesn't want to admit it publicly. But yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't favor him. No, it does not paint him in a positive some, light. Some people thought that the movie was too harsh on him and that they made him look like a villain and that in real life he's not that bad of a guy. I may I agree mean, with him. I may agree some with people might have a, a, a feeling bit. on that, but other people say he's he's really a decent person if you get to know him. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, group discussion. Let's get into uh, one more thing here about the critics' audience scores. Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, audience score, Metacritic, what did you guys find on this? What did they rate it at? Well, the, the Rotten Tomato score, critics, 96%. How do you feel about that? Uh, that is fair to me. Fair? Yeah, okay. honestly. Okay. That's, that's a pretty high score. Yeah. And it deserves it. I'm happy with it. And the audience score is 87%. Which again, what's my rule that's, on that's that? Not, that's not bad. When the audience score is lower than the Rotten Tomato score, it means the audience didn't understand the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, usually. And then, and the Metacritic score, which is, I think, the most impressive, is a 95. What do you think really made it hard for people to understand about this movie? Do you think it's the time jumps? Do you think it's no. the, the message? What yeah. is it that, that got them lost? The it quick is dialogue. It the is dialogue. a very dense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I didn't understand wise. the first yeah. time and the second time. I'm like, ah, I, I had to put subtitles. Once I had, well, see, the first time I didn't have subtitles, so I was lost. I, I think it's yeah. a combination of the, the 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 just a sheer amount of dialogue that people have to follow, and then the fact that you know it's not a very nice resolution at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then there's also the part of they may understand the gist of, you know, Eduardo got screwed, the Winklevoss twins, you know, got screwed, but they don't understand the how, the mechanism of how, the dilution of shares, you know, how did Eduardo get shafted in this whole deal? Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of a little complicated uh, if you don't really pay attention and if you don't understand what's going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move on to best thing I've ever seen. 
Um, ladies, you guys want to start? Either one of you want to talk about your favorite scenes in the movie? It doesn't um, have to be your absolute favorite. You can just talk about scenes you enjoyed. Well, this one was my favorite. All right, go I for actually it. really like the breakup scene at the very beginning. Mm, the opening is really good. The opening is really, yes. really good. Mm -hmm. um, it did a great job of setting us up for how his personality was going to be yep. the rest of the movie. Yep. It shows you that, one, he knows he's the smartest guy in the room, and he just does not care about people's feelings and about making people feel bad about themselves. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, other... I really liked also that she broke up with him because he was a jerk. But, I mean, the dialogue there was really, really good. I remember once you analyzed it with me, Steven. Mm -hmm. Like, some guy broke down the... Yeah, I think the, I remember seeing something. Yeah, and it was so good. Like, it sets up the whole movie perfectly. And I think mm -hmm. that's why that's probably one of my favorite scenes, the breakup scenes. I was uh, hesitant to... Or I, I was a little confused, I should say, about a particular aspect of this movie that maybe we can get into later that upon this last rewatch made something super clear to me um, and that it has to do with his motivation um, and so uh, yeah that's the opening is really great uh, fun fact guess how many takes they did I, I know, you but know, why know. are you saying this now and yeah. not an egg drop? Well, because what if we forget later? You've been egg dropping you all always over do this. this podcast. Yeah. You always, no, no, I always say, I'll talk about it later, but now I want to just, just go ahead and say it. You are, you, uh, yeah. It's not it's even in number. the conversation. Usually, it's, usually, it usually it's Andy who prematurely drops yeah. eggs, yeah. and now oh it's you. Well, oh I God. was going to drop that egg, but Steven stole it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just say it. I won't say it now. We'll save it. You might as well save it. How many times? Go ahead. How many times? Go but, ahead. They did 99 takes oh, that on that opening. I was thinking like they got it on the first try. Oh, no. No. This is like freaking Angry Birds. Yeah. Steve is stealing eggs. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> that, but that's something that if you guys didn't know, Fincher is known for. Is that he just does... Uh, did you make a bird noise? <laughs> I just now like kind of heard the echo of it. He referenced like, three Angry seconds birds. later. Yes. Yeah. Of um, Angry birds. yeah, but he does a lot of takes because he really, really wants to get... He wants to have a lot of... Um, footage to look at and pick the best take mm -hmm. um and sometimes he's trying to get actors to a certain place to where it comes more naturally to them after they've done it so many times anyway just a little point about that other yeah. uh favorite scenes iris yeah same i really like the first part it really just captivates you um it was more like because like i said it's dialogue so mm -hmm. scene I really like the chicken story. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. You have to love dialogue to love this movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Like you can't just... Uh -huh. there's, I, I think there's that's nothing, part of it. There's no action. You know, comedy is kind of like... Um, yeah. Not necessarily intentional, but it is there. Um, so you really just have to love good writing. Right. Exactly. Favorite scenes, Brian, Andy? Uh, so I'll, I'll just chime in. Mine are the same as the ladies when Erica dumps Mark. Okay. Um, so I, I, I put, you know, the 99 takes part, and I said, that's exactly why I'm not an actor. Uh, reason number three. Uh, number one, being behind, I can't act, and I'm not good looking. But number three, we, I would not have the patience to do that scene 99 times. Much, I would have <laughs> well, that, that's do it nine times, much that's if 99. That's if you're working with Fincher, though. Not nobody, no directors know, don't ask that much. That immediately, He's the only one. that immediately has to turn you off to doing an entire movie with this guy. When you're That's like, why Jake we... Gyllenhaal won't work with him again. He, because he hated he, it. He he was exhausted. He was yeah. just like, I can't, I can't do that every time where I'm gonna work. Yeah, so I get one it. movie and that's it. Especially right. because take twenty three, you're like, I nailed it. I cannot do it yes. any better. It's like, no, we're gonna do seventy four more yeah. of these. Jesse Jesse Eisenberg actually said in the um, 
the the behind the scenes footage for this movie. I wanted to watch it, but it was too late. It's very it's very interesting. I love it. And he did say that it is frustrating because as an actor, you you naturally are inclined to think, okay, I'm gonna give it my all. I took notes. I'm doing it all right, and I nailed it this time. And sure enough, whenever he would feel that way, Fincher would just say, just be like, "Eh, okay, we're gonna do it again. You know, nicely done. We're gonna do it again. And so. The, the take that actually makes it in the movie is the one where he felt like he really didn't do his best mm. or he didn't do as good as he could do. Yeah. And, and sure enough, that's the one that ends up being used. And so it is a little frustrating in that aspect that as an actor, he doesn't really know when. Yeah. But, I mean, when you're working with a perfectionist, what can you do? You and know? you got to trust the guy with, you know, who sees the big picture. Like, mm-hmm. he, like Fincher knows what he's looking for. Right. Yeah, so real quick, different movie, but that's a detail that I really appreciate about the movie A Few Good Men, where in the courtroom scene between Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise, uh, they did Jack's part, you know, and they didn't need him to do it every time. It's like, okay, we're just going to do Tom's thing now. But every single time, Jack Nicholson would do it, and he would do the A-plus version of his dialogue. And they're like, you don't have to. And he's like, I want to. Mm-hmm. You know, he was an actor's actor where he was like, I'm going to bring my A-game every single time. Even though they already told me, I don't have to do it. They just need to do Tom's part now. They already got mine. He did it every single time. Did, <laughs> did you so hear cool. what he said to, to Rob Reiner, right? Because Rob Reiner was the director. He says, Rob, I love to act. Yeah. <laughs> that was literally his response. Yeah. That yeah, was great. All right, guys. Um, so who hasn't given their favorite scene yet? Oh, well, I didn't. Yes, that's right. Sorry. Because I, I chimed in with that. Um, everything you guys mentioned, this was actually really tough for me to write down because it's almost like scene after scene is great mm-hmm. in this movie. That's why I really recommend you go out and watch it if you haven't seen it yet. But uh, some that you haven't mentioned, I will say the the Henley Royal Regatta scene. I really... We don't need sound bites. We don't need need sound effects. Dude, you just mentioned that scene and then the song's in my head. Right. So that song is called In the Hall of the Mountain King. Yes. And, um, yeah, very, very well known. And the technique that they use, why does it look a little fake when it starts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, uh, I think they had to shoot that only four times because just logistically it's so impossible to have to line everything up with all these boats in the water. Mm-hmm. But they did shoot that, that's all real, and they replaced the backgrounds uh, using the tilt-shift effect, which is what creates that almost like you're looking at a model, or like yeah. a toy almost. Right. And so um, I just I love it when filmmakers can try something new, mm-hmm. something different, you know? And it doesn't hurt the movie in any way. Not at all. I don't know. I'm sure there's some meaning there that I am... I'll think of it later. Anyways, <laughs> so that I really liked. And uh, when Wardo blows up at Zuck mm-hmm. at the end yeah. is, is probably my favorite scene. That's what I've got for my favorite scene also. Because there is so emotion packed into that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because it, it goes from... Him walking in, so happy. Yeah. You know, they're about to reach this milestone. He's coming in for a party. Yeah. Like a celebration. He's feeling great. He sees the lawyer. He goes in. He's feeling good. And then you just have like this awful realization. It's almost like you can just see how he just develops this pit in his stomach. And then it goes into the anger part. This is exactly what we're going to do to Andy at the end of season three. (laughs) 
and he's just gonna find out that he's just been cut out. <laughs> and his and and when Groot his shares Lim, yeah, when his shares Lim, got diluted, Groot Lim has, has blown up, and his is like zero three percent. It's like what we're in, yeah, point zero three percent. Oh weren't. my gosh, you better lawyer up. <laughs> <laughs> So well, I'll just, since, since we already talked about it, and so I'll, I'll just share it. That's also my favorite scene yeah. when he confronts Mark. I mean, it's just yeah. that was the scene that got me excited to rewatch this movie for the first time in 13 years. Mm-hmm. I saw that clip on YouTube and I said, I can't wait to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. and what I liked about that scene was when he went to hit Sean Parker. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. seeing yeah. him coward gave me so much satisfaction. Yes. He's like, you little like, weasel, you're yeah. a scaredy cat. Yeah. <laughs> Iris, would you call him a ween? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Sean Parker? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I had it written right here. Even though, <laughs> though Wardo kind of looks a bit of a weenish hmm? type. Doesn't Eduardo look a little weenish? No. no. He looks weenish. Sean Parker? I had, no. I had I that thought sorry, the first he, time I watched it. Mm-hmm. Just like, but not this time. Cringes. Yeah. I, th- I feel like Sean could have taken that punch and it wouldn't no, have No, he would have. I don't think Wardo's got much in that arm. What? I don't think so. Dude, Wardo's Brazilian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he's got he's got powers he has yet to unlock. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For uh, I had a lot of uh, favorite scenes. I mean, most of the movie, but uh, I like the face mash montage also mm-hmm. while he's narrating. You know, as he's coding and everything. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really well done. Um, and he's just like you know saying all these technical terms uh, about you know getting all the images from a website. Yes. How how so some of that is it. above my head because uh, mm-hmm. I I am familiar with a little bit of, of web work, um, but some of it I understood and I was just like awesome, dude. Right. Perfect. That's how you do it. Uh, very smart guy. Also, I have the Larry Summer scene when the Winklevoss twins go in to, to the president oh, of Harvard. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. I just thought that guy's yeah. performance was so good. Where he's just like so bored by this and he's just like, he's like, so what do you want me to do about this, please? Get to the point. Arrive at the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, I just like the the hypocrisy. Or not, I don't know if it's hypocrisy, but it's just like everything's in the handbook, but the president doesn't care. Right. He's just like, and he's throwing away everything the handbook says. He's throwing away everything he said at their initiation. Well, it's that's and not they're their, just like, that's not, guys are just like, so, so what do we do? It's because like, that's not their job. Yeah. That's not, that's not, that's not, especially not his job. That's not his job as president of the The reason of the why they were able to talk to him was because of, of daddy's dad. Money. So yeah. it's like, okay, and but I don't with him. that. And that annoyed him. Yeah. He's like, you yeah. don't get special treatment. Yeah. Yeah. But at the and same then, time, it's true. If the handbook says these yeah. people, this student is uh, or, or deserves, uh, you know, uh, disciplinary action because of the theft of, you know, another student's idea or work or whatever. Uh, you expect the president to be like, okay, we'll take care of it. Or at least or, direct or, or him to the resources. Even if he doesn't himself want to do it, he'll just to assign somebody that. to do it. Because he did break a rule there's there. There's systems in place for this, though. Mm-hmm. There's there's, but, a, there's the university. The thing is, what he tells them, he's just like, go deal with it yourself. Exactly. And I'm just like, what the heck, That's man? That's what he did. He said, he was like, did you go... What is it? He to, wants them to go did, like vigilantes. Just no, like, go no, take no, care no. Of it. He said, did you go to the ad board? Did you talk to, to these people? Did you talk to them? Because those are the systems in place at the university to handle violations of the handbook. And they thought, Do you think oh, B went to Harvard? Do you think he's yeah, got some, oh, he's, he's like, a, can fix he's it. the Larry exactly. Summers apologist now. They thought, they were like, okay, if all these systems in place didn't do it, then we're going to go to the president using our connection so that he can do it. And that's the wrong way of thinking. But still, I'm, I, I I'm, I'm, team, I'm team Winklevi on this. Yeah. Because you're actually using Winklevi? Yeah. yeah. You know that's made up, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. 
the 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 reality is in the real world that is what works they have money behind them and so therefore they get uh moved to the front of the line and they get listened to and it feels to me like in the real world their concerns uh have merit even if they don't just because they have money behind them and i feel like the president just to appease everybody would have done something if nothing else you know it's like hey i'm gonna get you a meeting with whoever you need to actually talk to that was so dismissive that it, it bothered me because it yeah. seemed unrealistic. Me too. Did you yeah. feel the same way? Especially Juan? because Zuckerberg, I don't know. They don't go into his backstory, but he may have come from money. Maybe not. Maybe he just, you know, earned it because he was very bright and he got into Harvard that way. Um, he was. But he wasn't smart. even like a standout student at that moment in the film where it's like, oh, we have to protect him because he's more valuable to Harvard than no. the, the Winklevoss no. twins. Like he, the Winklevoss twins were more valuable, and the way the world really works is whoever's more valuable is the one that is right. Yeah, yeah. but their value isn't going to exceed the president of Harvard. Yeah, and that's why he's not going to get pushed around by these guys that think that they can just flash daddy's money and get their way. Well, I, I can't I, believe I you're on. With Brian. I, I can't believe you're on Larry Summer's side. I am. I I'm, I'm totally Winklevoss no, on this one, man. Like, I feel nah. like they got they got you here's know the, the short end of the stick. They, the they did get the short end of the stick in terms of what Zuckerberg did to them. Yeah. But they should have gone to the courts a long yeah, time ago. Have. That's their own fault. Oh man. They, they tried to abuse they, a system. But they no, they were trying to do things right by no. the system. Because they took they, the that's right why steps. they didn't want to sue. He's like Harvard guys don't sue other people. That's silly. That's yeah. honestly silly. And I'm glad that they call them out for that yeah. because that's ridiculous. Yeah. If the, if you do everything the right way, the right way is to go to the systems in place, which they, and, did. which they did, and if that doesn't work, then the next system is the courts. I'm getting Brian a Harvard cap or a Harvard hoodie. Absolutely doing it. Now. That meeting. And it's going to have Larry Summers' face on the back of Because it's not about what's right or wrong. That meeting with Larry Summers, that is wrong. Oh my God! <laughs> I can't. I, I, I love your take. I don't agree with it, but I'm very. I mean, he defended it pretty passionately there, man. It's just because that's. Is your was, real last name Summers? Whatever, dude. Okay. <laughs> this is a little bit like. I'm, I'm going to call him Brian Summers from now on. This is like Team Cap versus Team Iron No man. one oh would have expected that scene to be this divisive. I did not think you were going to. No. That's crazy. I thought you would have had some sympathy for the guys. <laughs> All right, what's y'all's point of no return? Wanna? Don't have one. You don't have one? Well, because, like I said, I don't enjoy it, so if I see, I'm turning it off. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what happens. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. whenever Eduardo goes to, or Wardo goes to the, um, to California. Okay. I think that's where I'm like, okay. The first I'm, time, I'll like, when he's it. all, like, drenched in, yeah, in the rain? Yeah, I think okay. I'll just finish it. Andy? Uh, for me, it's when Eduardo tells Mark to lawyer up, which is basically the end of the movie. I'm watching that scene, then I'm turning it off. Oh, I just, wow. But I, I, if I see that on TV... Uh, I have to watch it. Yeah, you'll say for those three it's minutes. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. Mine is the first conversation with Erica Albright. It sucks you in. You do this every movie, I can't Brian. Do it. No, that's like, not true. That's like, not true. I, I, from it's the beginning like, yeah. of the movie, the credits, the, the <laughs> title card shows up, and I yeah. have to watch it. Warner Brothers. <laughs> oh my God, this is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me. Okay, fine. If if I stumble onto that scene, I have to watch it through and through. I have to. Maybe once it's over, I can shut it off. You know, but then whenever that montage scene happens and he's breaking into all these other Facebooks of the different houses and then he's doing that, I have to watch yeah, that. I'm hooked at that. I point just get too. I just get sucked in. So there's that's why I wrote down it's that first conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I know it's a horrible answer, Andy, but for me that is the point of no return for me. If, if, as soon as I see that, I'm in. I was like, all right, clear my schedule for the next two hours. 
All right, guys, let's talk about behind the scenes. I think this is going to be really enjoyable for you, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Wow. I've got we'll some see. notes here, too, but uh, I might have been a broken disc uh, for you, B. Uh, behind the scenes, let's talk about the director first. David Fincher, he's a guy who's been around for a while. Most known for Aliens 3. No, no. No. And clarification, it's Alien 3. Excuse they, me. They dropped the S. They dropped on the that S. Yeah. Alien 3. Alien 3. Yeah. Uh, his, he actually, his masterpiece. He actually got his start as a music video director. Uh, so he what was music video. He was doing work for Madonna, Michael Jackson. I think he mm -hmm. did a couple of their videos, and um, then he got the opportunity to direct a you know Alien Three. Uh, really horrible experience. We won't go into that, but he <laughs> basically was just like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. Mm -hmm. But as soon as he got his independence and said, I'm going to make movies my way, and I'm not going to be tying myself to these established franchises that's when he really started to take off. So he was already a big deal by the time we got to this movie. But for a lot of people, they say that this is one of, if not his best film. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's arguable. There are a lot of people who have their favorites. Uh, he, right. he, he makes really excellent films. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them are pretty dark. I'd say that this is one of the least dark movies that the he does. The majority are pretty so, dark. Quick yeah. question. Yeah. Was Seven his breakout? Was that the moment... Uh, like it's like he's a, an A plus list yes, director. Yes, I, I think it was mm -hmm. seven. Yeah, and then after that he did Fight Club and um, and Zodiac? then went on. Zodiac. Zodiac was much later in two thousand seven. Zodiac was right before Social Network. So, um, but yeah, he. I mean, he he hits it out of the park almost every movie that he does. He had a few that like. Curious Case of Benjamin Button that weren't as well received, and that one actually it got nominated for Academy Awards. Yeah, so. yeah, it did. Doesn't Brian it, love it? Did, but I mean, as far as his his uh, catalog of movies, uh, people tend to say that's one of the weaker ones. Okay, I haven't seen that one yet, but maybe I'll give it a shot. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so uh, I just personally love his style. I don't know if you do, B, but he has a there's a look to his movies, right? Where he just can like make you feel a mood so easily just with the colors that he uses mm -hmm. and in this movie he he does use uh, a specific color more than other colors but um and i can talk about that later but um he likes these like warm like orangish kind of hues and he uses a lot of that for the harvard scenes um and then he can do some really cold stuff too exactly yeah. uh which cool you see tones. yeah cool tones are, and, and he does it really well like i mean when he does a a a cool tone scene you can feel a chill at least i do um and yeah. when you add the snow like in that one scene where you know he's like running in the snow or whatever mm -hmm. or he's is he running or I, I can't remember but there's some snow and you're just like oh gosh it's cold and he's wearing those flip-flops <laughs> but um yeah david fincher i i just love his style um he's a lot like me in the sense that i'm a perfectionist also and if i had to edit my own film, I would probably spend hours and hours and hours doing it just to get it as perfect as it can be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I that's I, I feel like there's a line, you know? Yeah, they, they say he's obsessive and, and borderline crazy with how much he... But I mean, at the same time, if that's how he gets the work that he's proud of, can you really blame him? I mean, it's, it's a shame what he does to others in order to obtain it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think that he sleeps really well because he knows he gave it his 110%. I guess there is a, a discussion to be made for that because the more takes that you have to do for a scene, the more money, the more expensive. Yeah. Everyone, the entire crew that has to be there for all this time is getting paid. And all that film is getting used and mm -hmm. all this. So 
I mean, it's it's not cheap. For, from it's what not I've efficient. Heard, yeah, from what I've heard, he's very specific with his budgets. Like mm-hmm. when he goes into a <laughs> with, to meet with the studios and he tells them exactly how much money he needs for this. Like it's not a question. It's not a negotiation. Right. I'm telling you I need X amount of money. And you're going to give me that if you want me to make the movie. Right. So I think the budget for this movie, if I'm not wrong, was $41 million, Which, you know, is uh, cheap nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, uh, most movies, because of all the spectacle and special effects and everything, are like in the $200, yeah. $300 million. So this was relatively cheap. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious how, like, how that was divvied up and if maybe a lot of these actors didn't get much of a payday from this i mean i imagine they did but yeah no david fincher according to the wiki anyways he's done his movies collectively have grossed over 2.1 billion worldwide and he's gotten i think is it more than 40 no 40 40 academy award nominations wow including three best director noms for him there you go so he the man produces results yeah you know and it shows in this one too you're right he has a very distinctive style and it's, that's one thing that I really, really like. I feel I like he could really thing. juice his numbers if he did a Marvel movie, though. <laughs> he would pop that up a billion dollars with one movie. What what Marvel character is is David Fincher making a movie for? It ha- not even Marvel. I would want him to do Batman. That Batman? would be unbelievable. No, he needs he needs dark stuff. No, no. I could see him doing the Punisher. No, like Matt Reeves, yeah, the Batman that, that just came out. When I saw the trailer for that, you could have told me David Fincher was directing, and I would have believed you. That's because that's how it looks. But just, but just like subject matter, content. Yeah. Subject Punisher, matter? Punisher is probably the right answer. Yeah, yeah. that's why I say he's no. doing the Punisher. He would do Batman. Batman's dark enough for him. Not dark and it's enough. And psycholo- it's psychological too, and he's got the best villain. Uh, list. I think well, if, it would just you, be a Joker movie. If you do, if you do yeah. a really dark Batman storyline where Joker kills, you know, Robin, something like that. I think he, yeah. could, he would absolutely choose Batman, I feel. That's just me. If he were to do any. Yeah. But he won't. He, he won't, won't ever do nuts. that. In fact, he uh, I don't think he's done any sequels. Uh, the only sequel that he was contemplating doing was The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Mm-hmm. I think he wanted to follow that up. And uh, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. Mm. So there's never going to be an eight? An eight? No. <laughs> <laughs> or a prequel six? <laughs> no. no. No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay, sorry. Hilarious. All right, let's talk about uh, (laughs) cinematography. And when we talk about cinematography, guys, seriously, I just love listening to Brian talk about this because, (laughs) no, seriously, you you catch things that I don't catch, and um, and you enlighten me on this stuff. I love it. I love hearing it. So so I want to go straight to you. Let me just say ten seconds, and then I'm gonna let you guys because I don't have a ton on this. David Fincher, great job, nominated for best director, Uh, cinematography. uh, Jeff Cronenworth, nominated for. best uh achievement in cinematography you know so the whole movie eight nominations three wins very well deserved take it away brian (laughs) by the way some people were uh upset with the oscars that it didn't win amen and uh like best picture and everything and best director uh um people say it should have gone to fincher and instead i think the king's speech won that year oh. and they were just like now in hindsight that was a horrible call fincher did a better job directing well, than that guy did though? and the king's speech they said is a, like as a one-off you watch that one time and you never want to watch it again and that the social network is just flat out better <laughs> that's oh, what that's they how, say about this that's world. how i felt about the social network oh, well. and i like historical let's hope that you drama, never so maybe I <laughs> work for the, the academy <laughs> hey you invited me on this podcast. Yes, I Be respectful, Steven. My opinion. So <laughs> this is your 
wife. Isn't Why she would so you? Cute. Oh, be quiet. So oh, he's being patronizing. So, he's so patronizing. pinch her. Yeah. So you value my opinion for the podcast, but not to be on the board Academy? of Academy Awards. How what? do you Academy? Feel, what do you think? I don't think you could be on the Academy. Wow, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I just threw my phone at Brian. Yeah. I don't think any of us could be on the Academy. Okay, yeah, I think suck. it'd be rough. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. really hard. That'd be, that'd be crazy. I, that'd be one of those things where it's like I can't pick. <laughs> And I'm there like it's, it's I'm three weeks late on my submissions to yeah. the board, and I'm just like I can't pick, guys. <laughs> well, what I just wanted to say is you can't say that the King's Speech didn't deserve it until you watch the King's Speech and see it for yourself. Um, no, no, I'm just saying what other people have oh. said. Right, oh, okay. right, right, right. Okay, right, yeah. right, right, right. Cinematography, right. being what do you got? Well, the like Andy said, Jeff Cronenworth, uh, but also I would say that David Fincher himself is essentially a cinematographer mm -hmm. because he goes into a scene and he very specifically knows what he's looking for yeah uh in terms of framing and the lighting yeah and so and and you see that because i mean every scene in this movie is a joy to look at mm -hmm. um but you already mentioned like the different color tones that, yeah. that we can see throughout but overall it is not a warm movie it's not warm and it's not inviting. Mm -hmm. And I think that's setting you up. There's lots of visual and audio cues from the very beginning that kind of give you an idea of what you're in for. Mm -hmm. And that is like foreboding. Now, one thing also under cinematography that Fincher likes to do a lot is that to him, the camera is omniscient. You're not looking from a perspective of like a person or a character that maybe is there in the scene with them. Right. But rather, it's like this otherworldly third-person type view, and the camera can move through and to things that a person cannot. And he really likes that. I, I think it boils down to um, he wants the viewer to see to see it all, to have all the details mm -hmm. available to them. Yeah. And I mean, that's just part of, I guess, his storytelling process. Yeah. And specifically with this subject matter where you can side one way or you can side the other way, mm -hmm. depending on where you stand. Right. But he, he wants you to have all the details, I mean, very early on. I mean, he, he can't just say everything all at once, but there's no twists here. You know, there's no surprises. You know what's going to happen very early. It's just a matter of how. Um, but the way the camera moves, it tells you that. Because you'll notice there's no shaky cam here. Everything mm -hmm. is tracked. Yes. Everything is super smooth. Yes. And it's because it is a very tight, controlled, tight, tight, tight. It's very tight and controlled story mm -hmm. where, you know, there's there's so many different parts. There's there's many moving parts, but everything is, is running like clockwork because that's just how it happened. Well, according to, you know, the movie anyways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's, man, there's not a how, single how shot that shaky cam in this. No, mm -mm. not a single one. No, but again, that's all, that's all on purpose. Let's yes. talk about the script. Okay. Aaron Sorkin. My God. The goat. Yes. You think he's the goat? I think so. He's one of the best, uh, I think, screenplay writers. Uh, mm -hmm. I, anything he does, I know it's going to be good, whether I've seen it or not. I'm just like, yep. Uh, go ahead, give him the nomination, you know, for, for best writing. Okay, so I'm going to say something that might be a little bit controversial. Okay. Mm. <clears throat> I'm already not liking this. I'm clenching. This yeah. should not have been the movie that Sorkin won for best writing. 
the movie? Is it's, this the only movie? It's the only... I think, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he's, he's, this was his first and only win. And it should not have been this. It should have been A Few Good Men. Hmm. <gasps> he did A Few Good Men? He did. He wrote A Few Good oh, Men. Yeah, like, it should have been that one. This movie, excellent. I'm glad he has won. He, he I mean, he's... Did he not he, even get nominated for A Few Good Men? I think he got nominated, but I don't okay. think he won. But my point is... Competition if, might have been tougher that year. If I can rewrite history, he only gets one. It's a few good men. It's not this. Mm. And the reason I feel that way is just because so much is different than what actually happened in real life that I feel like I have to discount a couple points on it. No. It, that, that has nothing to do <laughs> with... No, that, it's a movie. That's just how I feel. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a story that they're telling. So you can't say, oh, well, because it's not 100% accurate to the real life events, I'm going to dock you points. That's not fair. How do you feel, mm. babe? Do you think it should have been a few good men? Because that is, I mean, <clears throat> that's a, a valid opinion. If if it had to be one of the two, mm-hmm. it's probably a few good men. Oh, okay. Probably. And and only because um It's a more enjoyable movie to watch, right? Well, there's that part, but it has an iconic line. That's that's can't something. The truth. Yeah, exactly. That's something that has transcended the movie and mm-hmm. is now like in the Pop culture. Pop culture zeitgeist, yeah. yeah. And that's something that is so hard. You can't do that on purpose. You can't go, you can't set out to like, all right. This has some iconic lines. This movie. You don't go around telling people you better lawyer up a home. (laughs) (laughs) No, it just, it hasn't reached. And and Social Network's been out for for more than a decade. So it it hasn't reached that level, Mm -hmm. you know? So it has to be, it has to be a few good men. If I had to choose between one of the two. What about you, girls? I still think, think this one was well-deserved. Do you, do you think that the writing, the dialogue, was better in this movie or in A Few Good Men? Talking strictly <laughs> dialogue, strictly dialogue, mm-hmm. I think Social Network has better conversations. Okay. But, I mean, I just like the story of A Few Good Men more. Mm. But that's a story. That's a story, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Strictly dialogue, I think Social Network. Okay. Social Social. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Good. I, I love the that we have different opinions on this. It's yeah. really yeah. refreshing. Even okay. if they're wrong. But I like the yeah. movie. Two <laughs> <laughs> good men more. Same. All right. Moving on to the score. Wait. Huh? I'm sorry. Uh, part of what I watched regarding Aaron Sorkin, because Aaron Sorkin did not just write this movie. He was very, very much involved. He directed one scene. I already yeah. forgot which one it is. Oh, it was the last scene. Uh, but he he was good to call it quits after like two takes, and then he was like, "Yeah, no, Fincher's never gonna yeah. forgive me if I call it after two. So he <laughs> he went ahead and did more. Nice. But uh, but no, he was he was very much involved. Um, you know, he had a small role in it as well. And one thing that I I watched was the analysis of the very first conversation, yeah. because how it's written. Uh, there's there's a lot of skill here. It's not just what to say, but also how they say it. There's a reason why this movie did not allow actors to really improvise because everything was written very deliberately mm-hmm. and they thought about what's the meaning behind every word on the script. Yeah. And the first one, if you look at it, it says that, and, and Aaron Sorkin has said it is himself, when you listen to the dialogue, it's like you're listening to music. Mm-hmm. There is, it's written in... Um, iambic. What is it? Not, pentameter. Well, it's not penta in this case, but it is an I- iambic meter. I think is what it is. I love hearing that guy talk about his process. Right. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's really great. Like, I'm sorry to go finish your thought, and then I have something I want to. Okay. Say. No, but uh, but there's how it's written and how the because if you count the syllables, I mean, there it is 
in that iambic meter. And then also um, the the length of lines that the actors have is varied. So you don't just have a bunch of the same size lines one after the other because then it would get too repetitive. Oh, and that's the other thing also is that there's there's actually a, a good amount of words being repeated mm-hmm. throughout dialogue in this entire movie, yeah. which is something that other movies tend not to do. Right. And all of that is intentional as well. But what I'm trying to get to is that Aaron Sorkin has described that uh, he wants his writing to sound because he's a playwright too so it kind of goes back to that to those days and he wants his writing to sound like music Mm -hmm. so when you're listening to these people talk it is an enjoyable experience even if you're not understanding what they're saying yeah but you're still enjoying the conversation yeah um so yeah that i i found that to be spectacular i i had no idea that it you know went so far into into that type of skill you know right and something that he said um, was that when you're writing characters that <clears throat> you might not like or you think are in the wrong, he says, as a writer, you can't judge them. Because if you judge them, you're not going to do a good job writing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says, you you got to at least find something redeemable or under, really understand the character, even if it's a villain. Mm-hmm. And, um, Which he makes said, sense. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he says the way that he thinks of it is, I write every character as if they are making their case to God as to why they should be allowed into heaven. Oh, interesting. You know, so with that level of intensity, right? Yeah. So that he, he gives every character this, well, for the most part, every main character, um, just enough juice, you know, or... Uh, you know, fueling their their reasoning, their perspective, to where you don't automatically just dismiss them. Mm-hmm. Even though, in the case of someone like Juana, she's just like, no, nothing that Sean says is gonna. You know, I, I have no sympathy. There's, for there's the guy. no redeeming. There's no redeeming him at all. Yeah, uh, which is fine. But Aaron Sorkin didn't see it that way. Exactly. He was on Sean's side. He was on Eduardo's side. He was on Mark's side. At least to an extent. He was on everybody's side. Right. As a writer, he's on everybody's side. He has and to then be. he allows the audience to make up their own mind. Which is which is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Well, a little bit more on the screenplay. Ha <laughs> 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 um, I read that in most traditional feature film screenplays is around 100 to 120 pages. Yeah. And um, it usually takes about one minute to shoot a page. Sorkin's uh, came to 162 pages. And oh, the wow. producers didn't want the movie to run over two and a half hours, but Fincher didn't cut a single word from Sorkin's script. He just uh, achieved this by nearly an impossible feat by making the actors talk like Sorkin really fast. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's always like, I read that. That's and crazy. That's why the dialogue starts before you even see them. <laughs> like when mm-hmm. the credits are coming in, because he had to use every single second. Yeah, and yeah. you can find his screenplay online. There you go. That's so interesting. Oh, really? I think that yeah, first conversation is like fifty pages. Uh, it, it, uh, it's I, a lot. I did see the number, and I didn't write it down, but yeah, it was an absurd amount of pages just for that first scene between yeah. him and Erica. And Fincher would tell like Jesse Eisenberg and, and Rooney Mara, "You think you're saying it fast? Say it even faster." Mm-hmm. He's all like, "It needs to be quick, quick, quick." Yeah, uh, that's the whole movie basically. It's just quick dialogue. Mm-hmm. It comes off as witty banter almost, but well, not really. It's just, yeah. oh man, oh how I wish I could I could do that, how I wish I could write like that. I can't. Yeah. 
All right, talking about the score, this was scored by Trent Reznor, who some of you guys might know if you're from my generation, is the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails. Um, Atticus Ross uh, also helped him with this, and wow, what a transition. He goes from being a, you know, a grunge, and he doesn't like that. No, he doesn't like the term industrial. Oh, he doesn't? Uh, Trent Reznor, no, he no. doesn't like that. But um, he went from being a rock guy to going to, to make movie scores for Fincher. And not only did he do this one, he's done like most of the Fincher movies. He's done a lot, since. yeah. Yeah, I think they, they have a really good friendship and collaboration, and Fincher has always loved his music mm -hmm. um, and his style. So, But look, I mean, you don't hear rock in this movie. No. No, it's all like, you know, composed music. Um, and if you see the behind the scenes, it's really interesting how they come up with some of the sounds and, and the ideas. Uh, I do remember that Fincher went to him and said, for the regatta, the Royal Regatta yeah. scene, he's like, I want you to use, and he told him specifically the song, he's like, I want you to use In the Hall of the Mountain King. Come up with your own version of that. I want it to sound a little bit like this artist and a little bit like that artist, like if they like melded their styles. Mm -hmm. And so that was a process for him. It's like, okay, how am I going to do this? You know, and yeah. so like, like this and this. And you watch the behind the scenes, it's pretty cool. And finally, when they got it, Fincher said, you nailed it. That's it. That's exactly what I wanted. That's so awesome. Yeah. No, these guys are so talented. Yeah. And um, what I mentioned earlier about there being cues as far as how foreboding the story is going to be, you catch it right from the start. As soon as Erica dumps Mark and he's walking back to his dorm, because that, that sequence takes a little bit, right? And you have like these really nice piano notes playing. Good job. Yeah. But underneath, underneath what's, you know, nice and bright is like this drone. Drone. This little, yeah. exactly. <laughs> okay. And it's, and it is almost. It's foreboding. Like suspense, yeah. you know? And uh, that, all of, all of that is very intentional. As an, as a viewer, uh, you're feeling that that sense of foreboding without even really knowing what you're worried about. It's, yeah, exactly, because they haven't given any indication of it. It's like they bring you up with the piece of dun, 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 <laughs> and then they hit you with the dun. Like mm -hmm. they, they bring you up and they take you down. Right. And it's just like, don't get comfortable. But it's just- Don't be happy about this yeah. because it's, it's gonna get bad. It's just that buzz almost in the back of your mind. It's yeah. crazy. Well, and it won the Oscar for Best Achievement in Music. For As it should. Yeah. I'm happy really? for it. Imagine first time that you do something like this and you win an Oscar. That's awesome, amazing. Yeah. That just that's, makes you feel so good. Yeah. Um, special effects. Ooh, Army Hammer's face. That's they something I did. wanted. Do they you, did well. You want to talk that, about it, Juana? Go for it. I mean, I just want to say they did it really, really good. Like, you could have told me that Army Hammer had a twin and they both acted, and I would have <laughs> a thousand percent believed yeah. it. You, yeah. There was no weird, awkward It holds up. Moments that it still I saw holds with up. the face. I mean, to the yeah. trained eye, you can catch it. I caught it in a couple scenes where I'm just like, okay, wow. I can I'm see that it was CG, but I mean, it's like... You you really have to have a trained eye to be able to see it, mm -hmm. and or or you'd have to like pause or slow it down. Uh, but I mean, even being now what thirteen, almost fourteen years old, it, it's still good. The best the best CG really is invisible. You don't know it's there. That's the best CG. So is that something you knew, Iris? For example, yeah. uh, about the the faces. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So the uh, Tyler Winklevoss was played by an actor called Josh Pence. Originally, they were just going to use them and say they're twins because right. they, well, they look fairly close. Fraternal yeah. twins, right? Yeah. yeah. But they wanted them to be. And then later on in the process, I don't know at what point during filming, uh, Fincher was just like, I really want them to be identical. <laughs> and so he went to Josh Pence and said, hey, bro, I'm so sorry. 
but we're actually gonna superimpose Army's face on top of you. Mm -hmm. And Josh was totally cool with it. As a little like like favor to him, he's in the movie in a small cameo. The actual actor without the the CGI. Uh, he's the guy who's trying to go to the bathroom, and uh, Eduardo. Oh yes. And uh, Mark aren't letting him in. He's all like, "Hey, they're like some girls are getting you know cleaned up in there," and he's all like. Cool, sweet, yeah, oh. yeah, and he just walks off. That is cool. One. Yeah, that one. but he was annoyed at first when when he told him that it, he, that I his mean, face was, wasn't gonna be. It was a bummer. Yeah, yeah, he he was pretty upset, but he says once you get over your ego, it's a no brainer. Yeah. So that's uh, as far as special effects. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, another thing is that Harvard did not let them film. Right. Uh, for whatever reason, they've they've let other films do it. Uh, for whatever reason, they did not allow Fincher to do it on this one. So uh, something that I learned that was interesting, most of this is filmed at Johns Hopkins in New York. Mm -hmm. um, actually, we have a, a family friend that went there to that university. Anyway, uh, they use that for most of the interiors and uh, like the, uh, you know, when he's walking or running through the campus and everything. Mm -hmm. But there is one shot that is of Harvard. And the way that he obtained that was he hired a mime or got somebody to pretend to be a mime, get in front of where Harvard was and they had like a little camera on him, you know? And so I guess Harvard didn't really notice. He's just doing his mime thing across the street and they were able to get the, the shot that they needed for that. And I think they got kicked out. Yeah, <laughs> did they? I, I think so. Probably. I think I remember hearing something about that. They probably got in trouble, that. yeah. <laughs> okay, so wardrobe, not much to say here, but I gotta say they nailed the 2003-2004 look. Those well, that yeah. were... Zuck's look, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was my only note, is that Mark Zuckerberg himself admitted that they nailed his wardrobe. Like, they got <laughs> it down to the T. It was, like, actually yeah. frightening how accurate it was. <laughs> I wonder, do you think the little, the, the slide-on uh, flip-flops were for real, too? Yeah. Because he wore those a lot. I'm pretty sure yeah, he did. Yeah, when he's running in the snow. I was like, yeah, I was like, going to get wet. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> I, could, I could never pull off that. I would never do it. Socks and slides? No way. It's never? very popular now, actually. It's comfortable. Uh, you won't catch me doing that. Uh, winners and losers, guys. Let's talk about best performance. I want to start with the girls, since we haven't heard too much from them. Too much. Um, let's start with Iris. Best performance in the movie, in your opinion? Um, I would say the main guy. Jesse Eisenberg? Mm -hmm. Okay. Jesse Eisenberg. He so? was so good. I hated him so yeah. bad. Ooh. Even though he's not bad in real life. I know, I know. Jesse so, Eisenberg yeah, in the is movie, not. Yeah. He yeah. just came off really arrogant, but he, did good, he nailed but it. But I also like Andrew Garfield. So. Very good choice, too. B? Andrew Garfield's my top pick. Oh, <gasps> blasphemy. And that that is not to say, that I had no... Okay, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes for a worst performance, but <laughs> every, everyone did a phenomenal job. I I'm picking Andrew Garfield because he displays such a range of emotions in the most subtle way possible. Mm -hmm. This is a guy that his best friend, his only friend, well, I mean, but his best friend uh, treats him in a way that you know, it's like these little digs at him, mm -hmm. and how is he gonna take that? Mm -hmm. And he reacts in such a subtle way, it is just so believable. It's like they've been friends for a while, he just knows how he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, ugh, Mark doesn't know how to say things right, or he doesn't know how to be tactful. Exactly. He excuses his Yeah, uh, and, he just, and he just lets it slide much. off of him until, you know, later when it gets really serious. And Which, when, when he tells, sorry. He shouldn't have, because Erica has the backbone to break up with him for the same things that Eduardo should have broken up with him as a friend right. exactly. for doing the same thing. Right. But no, that's... Um, whenever he actually says across the table, I was your only friend. Yeah. 
And oh, you feel it. He, mm-hmm. You absolutely feel it. Yeah. And uh, right before he has the blow up at March when he's with the lawyer and he's looking at the documents and you and he goes, what is this? Mm-hmm. You look at his eyes and he's like watering up. Like yeah. he's just, it's like a mixture of fury, amazement, like shock, shock, mm-hmm. heartbreak, heartbreak, all of that in his eyes. You just look at it and you're just like, oh, I feel for you, bro. Amazing. Um, so for me, it's, it's Garfield. How about you? Okay, so I'll say this real quick. So Jesse Eisenberg was nominated for Best Actor, and he deserved it. I think technically he had the best performance because of what his role entailed, the dialogue, the uh, the personality and all that. Mm. Um, my favorite performance was Garfield. Okay. I think he's criminally underrated as an actor. Nice. Yeah. No, he, yeah, he should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor yes. in this film. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I was listening to a pod about this, and they said that it is criminal that Jesse Eisenberg did not win that year that every time you watch this movie you're just like he was so good who won king speech guy uh i don't remember who <laughs> won that guy? year do you know who won supporting and, actor yeah uh, no best actor uh, I'll, I'll keep and, going and i'll look it up yeah while yeah we're, while you're talking okay um i do want to shout out somebody who i thought did, like i really liked their character more this time around even though they're in such a small role but uh Cy, um yeah the uh, lawyer mark's lawyer mm-hmm. i really liked him i just feel like there's certain actors that are older they can pull off being an older more mature person so well like uh like they got into a discussion about something and and uh, like he's midway through a sentence and he just okay whatever and so he just continues <laughs> and i'm just like oh I, I feel like an older person he just did that so well mm-hmm. and i just I, I couldn't help but smile and laugh i'm like that's exactly what a mature person would do be like i'm not gonna argue about it anymore let's move on yeah, yeah. you know mm-hmm. and and to do that mid-sentence was beautiful <laughs> um worst performance this was tough for me this was tough for me too there. i do have one but i feel like fincher doesn't hire bad people no he doesn't he's just, just the just less like, the least good of the bunch uh, yeah, yeah he's really... so specific with his casting like even if you're gonna have no lines mm-hmm. you gotta have a look you've gotta be able to like walk the walk he wants you to be a good actor even if you're not speaking right and exactly. so um do you guys want me to start or do you have a do you, you want to go My, mine aren't great honestly um i put Joseph Mazzello as Dustin Moskowitz okay. simply because a, he's probably the more forgettable of call it the main cast I yeah. guess um, but he's he, in a lot of scenes but he doesn't have a lot of lines but he and he did nothing bad so to speak so my, my backup answer is the guy that uh, from the Phoenix Club that's hazing him outside oh <laughs> you know I, 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 I didn't think about that scene that's the statue of three lies I had the girls doing the bong hits <laughs> inside the uh, Okay, that's, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's good. I had just put Mark's roommates. They were just like, I guess more difficult or something like that. And then again, the more difficult, I guess. Yeah. I'm just like, okay. Okay. I mean, they were dumb and, you know. Drunk. Drunk and, and high, so. They were drunk and high. But I, that's a good pick, dude. Okay. Yeah. I do have a secondary pick. And this is this might be a little hot. What? Timberlake. I, I feel like this is what this I, is really this is the best performance he's ever had to date in my opinion I've seen a couple of his other movies um, he did really good he's just basically the weakest link from an acting standpoint I, I and agree. I feel like he, oh. he, he, he nailed the Sean Parker character and I, I, I I'm, his, it wasn't a bad performance at all mm-hmm was it was just the worst out of everybody there. Relative to his peers in the movie, yes. his acting is the weakest. I agree. A- with and that. the amount of screen time that he had, because he's in so 
much more of the movie than everybody else who can lap him, you know, in like two lines, you know? Sai mm -hmm. can act like crazy better than uh, than Timberlake can. So Even when, though Sai is in this much of the film and Timberlake's got like two-thirds of it. I can see your point. Yeah. Um, so it's, I try to think of examples. It's performance. It's not bad performance. Exactly. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the that's, the, the, the like, girls doing the bong hits, even that wasn't bad. It was just the weakest. It link. was the weakest, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, real quick before we jump ahead. Uh, best actor in that year that uh, Eisenberg was nominated went to Jeff Bridges for uh, Crazy Heart. Um, Never heard of that. Uh, I I, re I remember hearing about that movie, but yeah, um, yeah I can't go against Jeff Bridges. Yeah, it's right. Jeff Bridges. Just, oof, he's ah. great. Andy, who did you have as a worst performance? Was it also JT? I didn't have one. You didn't. But have one. I, I thought about that and I said I can't write it because Brian and Stephen will hate me. But that was exactly what you <laughs> and, said and is it, what I thought. I said he's the weakest out of everybody there, but they're gonna say that that's not what the category but, is, and I'm gonna get yelled at. <laughs> but he but he still did a good job. I think he did a really good job. Yeah. I hated him. And imagine just, working with a guy who's annoying. that like specific. Timberlake. And the the irony also, uh, Justin Timberlake was one of those guys that hated Sean Parker mm -hmm. in real life. He was one of the guys that went after him and said, "Heck no, you're yeah. not using Napster to." His music's getting music. stolen. Yeah, mm -hmm. and of yet course. he plays the guy he hated, and he does it so well. Yeah, he did do it very well. Yeah. This episode of Group Film brought to you by Psy and Associates. Have you been hurt in a car accident? Or have you been accused of intellectual property theft by your best friend or a couple of rich twins? Well then contact Cyan Associates today for your free consultation. We'll fight for you, and you won't pay a dime over $65 million unless you win. Cyan Associates, find us near Harvard University and also on Facebook. Um, okay, best line in the movie. There are a lot of good one. lines in this oh, movie. Oh God, I have yeah. a ton. I, I do have one selected as the best for me. Uh, I don't think that you guys are going to pick the same one. Hopefully, I want to be unique when it comes to this one. I think I think someone else is going to pick the same one. Yeah. I did. Oh no. Okay, please, so please don't for, take for mine. time. We got to keep this okay. to one. Steven. I'll do mine okay. real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I got I to just give some nominees. <laughs> no, 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 I got no, 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 to do some nominees. No, I got to do some nominees. I, I got, I got some, I got some, there's too you, many good ones. I got you do this every time. Go, 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 go. Alright, dating you is like dating a Stairmaster. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You're gonna go through life thinking that... Dang it, Steven! Okay, yeah, that one worries, but it's because you're, you know, an a-hole. Uh, if you were the inventors of Facebook, you would have invented Facebook. Yep. I can't wait to look over your shoulder and watch you write us a check. Um... When he says, uh, he's like, who's that guy? He's like, it was Bill Gates. <laughs> I really like that, that was funny. <laughs> Um, the okay, that's it. Top. The, the aren't suing me for intellectual property theft. This is the first time in their lives uh, things didn't go their way. Exactly. Um, that's what the president of so Harvard said, too. So which is the best too. one of them? La Larry Summers, when he says, from the looks of it, they want to sell me a Brooks Brothers franchise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the famous, you know, you better lawyer up, a-hole, because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. Uh, I was your only friend. You had one friend. Uh, you're not an a-hole, Mark. You're just trying so hard to be. And my winner, and you none of y'all better take this, is uh, when uh, Divya was just like, I want to hire the Sopranos, you know, to yeah. you know beat this guy yeah. with a hammer. And uh, and uh, one of the Winklevoss says, we don't need that. I'm 6'5", 220, and there's two of me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my winner for best life. I had that on my short list. All right. Why don't Mine you go? was definitely Erica Albright when she was saying, you're probably going to be a very successful computer person. And then in the end says... 
I want you to know from the bottom of my heart that that won't, oh, well that, what is it? But you're going to go through life thinking that girls don't like you because you're a nerd. And I want you to know from the bottom of my heart that that won't be true. It'll be because you're an a-hole. And again, oh, I'm gonna jump over to an Easter egg. I'm sorry, don't hate me, I'm a guest. That's foreshadowing. <laughs> That's for, it's Fine. foreshadowing a big part of it the is. movie that you're gonna be this amazing computer genius, mm -hmm. but no one's gonna truly like you because you're an a-hole. Actually, that whole first conversation whole foreshadows episode. everything. Yeah, everything. the movie, yes. Um, but that actually is really good. Fincher's note to Rooney Mara for that line specifically is, say it quieter, mm. that very last part. It's yeah. almost like he's telling, or sorry, that she is telling him almost like a little secret about himself. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, you're it's because of that. Yeah. Best line, Iris? Um, I have a couple. I have the, the fish analogy. It's a oh. long... Yeah, he's holding a 3,000 pound. Oh. oh, he's like, but it, you guys know it's not a 3,000 yeah, pound. Yeah, have you seen the big ones up close yet? Yeah. That he's one? Like, he's like, who holds takes a picture with seven trout? Yeah. <laughs> then he's like, um, yeah. That would really be a really fish. big fish and a very strong guy. Or a guy. really strong guy, yeah. I like that one. And the internet isn't written in pencil mark, it's written in ink. That's a good line. Uh, I had that one. And it's so mm, true, man. Yeah. A, a guy who makes a nice chair doesn't owe money to everyone who has ever built a chair. We'll yeah. talk about that later. <laughs> Whoa, dang! That was just so dismissive. Like, yeah, At like, the end. Oh, can I add something onto this whole favorite line thing? Go for it. So, do you guys know what David Fincher's favorite line was? <gasps> it was in the scene in in the deposition, the scene in the deposition where um, they're saying the lawyer's like, "Oh, so you put up a thousand dollars to for to the startup? Yes." And then I added, you added eighteen thousand. Yes. So that makes nineteen thousand. And then he yes. says, hang on. Yeah, he's like, uh, I'm just checking your math on that. Yes, I got the same. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's that is next one on my list. So much snark. That yeah. is his like favorite that. line out of the yeah. whole movie. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do cool. mine. Mine might not even count as best line because it was almost a paragraph what he said. It was, I think if your clients want to sit on my shoulders and call themselves tall, they have the right to give it a try. But there's no requirement that I enjoy sitting here listening to people lie. You have part of my attention. You have the minimum amount. The rest of my attention is back at the offices of Facebook where my colleagues and I are doing things that no one in this room, including and especially your clients, are intellectually or creatively capable of doing. Did I adequately answer your condescending question? Ooh. That was my best line. Oh, His that's good. delivery yeah. of yes. that line makes it. And, yeah, what, so and I love how he points. With his Doesn't he go like that as he's doing it? I think he's doing a, this. A, or with a pencil or, or I, a pen. I, 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 think, I think he's, he's doing at this. At one point, he's like kind of pointing at them yeah. when he does that. Andy, I want you at one point, I just want to hear you say it to somebody that you don't like or that annoys you and be like, you have, uh, part, you of have, you have part of my attention. You have the, the minimal amount. amount. <laughs> I want you to say that. Please say that to somebody. I'll tell that to you one day. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, all well, right. you guys took all my lines, okay. but my runner-up probably is, don't fish, eat other fish! <laughs> the marlin and the trout! <laughs> but uh, but I, I honestly think that my favorite is... Andrew Garfield's Andrew Garfield's delivery of "I was your only friend." Yeah, oh, heartbreaking. Yeah. Worst line? Are y'all related? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, um, that's funny. I think yeah. it's Rashida Jones' character at the end, mm. where she tells him, "You're not an a-hole, Mark. You're just trying hard to be." I'm like, "Yes, he is. He's, He's the trying biggest so one. hard to be." Yeah. Okay, for me, it was when they're discussing the fact that their friend didn't know he was listening to Bill Gates for an hour. <laughs> one of them says, can I get a Glock and kill you? That seems well, out of place. They're yeah. Harvard. <laughs> they're Harvard students. I know, well, but just like that that line didn't age well for me. Mine, mine is, um, let's gut the freaking nerd. Really? You don't like that? I, I think that, and maybe it's intentional, but he's essentially becoming 
the stereotypical jock bad guy that he was afraid of becoming. Whenever he says that we're in skeletons chasing the karate kid. <laughs> that, I laughed so hard when that line came up. And man. he wants to avoid that type of look. And yeah. yet by calling, by reducing Mark to the freaking nerd, mm -hmm. he's essentially becoming just that. Well, I think because he hit his limit. I think it limit. works then. Because he hit Doesn't his it? limit. He tried I, that's what I mean. It's like, it may be intentional, yeah. but I didn't, I don't know. It, it almost didn't fit. For me. Okay. Okay, so real quick uh, Easter egg on that scene. Uh, he does not say friggin'. He says the word, and then they dubbed it over. Oh, did they? Yes, because <laughs> they, they were already at the two F word mark. Uh, Originally, it was, he says the word, and then they're like, you know, we got to change that. And so they dubbed over it. And so I looked for, and you can see, you can see him mouth yes. the word. Uh, I, I noticed that too. I noticed that too. I said, that looks like they dubbed it. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Anyway, um, What's for, for, for me, it was uh, <laughs> when he goes, sweet, Josh Pence. Oh, really? Because they're just doing it masala, and he's like, let's give him a line. Because that's all he says, really. <laughs> yeah, that's all and he so says. And so that was just doing him a favor, so it was, like, unnecessary. Uh, really, a guy, you know, somebody says, hey, some girls are in there, and the dude just walks away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay, out of all the people involved in this movie, this might be hot. Cast and crew, who deserves to be remembered most for this movie? Who's answering first? I can't answer first. I'll, I'll start, and I don't know if this will be hot. For me, it's Jesse Eisenberg. I wrote Jesse Eisenberg. Um, I, Fincher I. was already established as a great director, mm -hmm. continues to be to this day. Uh, nobody would ever question that. Um, Sorkin, same, has a background that's near impeccable and everything, but Jesse Eisenberg, this is the best he has done to date. Uh, this is the most recognition he has gotten to date. Mm -hmm. uh, he makes this movie. You replace him, and it's not even close to being what the movie is. He was just perfect casting. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I say a lot of people deserve to be remembered, but he deserves to be remembered most. I would hope that people, when they think of Social Network, they don't think of Fincher, they don't think of Sorkin, even though they contributed so much. I want Jesse Eisenberg's face to show up in their head. Mm -hmm. That's me. It was tough, but that's that's the conclusion I, I, I came to. It's like, these guys already have so much, you know? They yeah. have their mountain of wealth and fame and recognition. Jesse Eisenberg comes in, boom, first time in a major movie like this by a major, you know, home run hitters, and he kills it. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I picked That's fair. That is fair. I got you. I agree, too. Who's next? Because that's, well, that's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm I telling agree. you. Yeah. Same. <laughs> uh, Jesse Eisenberg. I, uh -huh. I, I said Sorkin. This was his first win. For that reason, it makes it most... Uh, That's also fair. ...important mm -hmm. or remembered most for this movie. It was his first win. Mm -hmm. Okay, who should yeah. be forgotten? Oh, wait, wait. I, we didn't go through everybody. Quick, what do you guys think? I said Jesse Yeah, yeah, yeah they all agree. Everybody they all agree. Yeah. What about you? Exactly. I agree, too. too. Okay, dang. Okay. Listen, he just doesn't uh, listen to us. Andy's making me nervous. <laughs> Good. All right, who should be forgotten? Justin Army Hammer. Timberlake. What? No. I actually really like that arm. I yeah. know there's some questionable things about his so personal you're, life. So you're putting his well. personal he life did in really there. Good. No. Yeah, he got canceled, and I don't know if he can come back from that. He's probably not going to come back for that, but I'm I judging him in the back. Army Hammer of that time. I think Army Hammer could have been replaced, and it would be okay. And I'm not saying that he did a bad job in this movie, okay? It's not his performance. But honestly, if someone turned out to be a terrible person, 
and they got erased from this movie, it would be easy to erase him and replace him with somebody else. Mm -hmm. The okay. same goes with Kevin Spacey's contribution as producer in this mm -hmm. movie. Yeah. Oh, go true. ahead and go so ahead and take him out. Problematic person, yeah. people on this thing. Uh, but my answer was the chicken. The chicken. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> man, that stunk. Uh, I have uh, Erica's roommate because she has like <laughs> one line. And she tells the guys to shut up, but she doesn't close the door. Just close the door. Why do you have the door open? Well, because they're far. It's far. It's further away. Yes. Get off the computer and shut the door. Your girl's crying, man. Oh, it will all and happen she's just way too like, fast. Shut up, guys. It all happened way too yeah. fast. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Uh, I thought drops. you were going to say, like, he blogged about you. You don't <laughs> want to read it, but then just leaves it open. Yeah. Like, Iris caught yeah, that. Yeah, I saw oh, that. I was man. like, okay. No, no, she was at the computer. Exactly. Yeah. She's like, you don't want to read it. And then, yeah. like, so she can read it. It's one of the, you know, I see <laughs> some people doing that. Just, just admit you've done it. <laughs> I know that's what yeah. you're getting at. Just say it's you. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Egg drops. Um, everybody's second favorite segment, right? Yeah. So uh, these are little known facts, foreshadowing symbolism, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I've got a few things, but if you guys want to go first, feel free to. Andy always has good egg drops. Yeah, have Andy yeah. go. Go for okay, it, Okay, do Andy. I start? Okay. Yeah. I'll go quick. So Natalie Portman hosted a dinner and invited Aaron Sorkin during the time he was writing the script so that he could meet her friends from Harvard and hear firsthand stories about social life at Harvard. Hmm. Um, during one of the depositions, they mentioned a movie star from Harvard, and it was, of course, Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, after casting, Fincher forbade the actors from meeting their real-life counterparts until filming was complete. I think That's the only exception was, I think Timberlake met Sean Parker. Yes, I wrote that down. Yeah, sorry, Iris. <laughs> I'm going to step on a lot of yours, probably. But you know why? <laughs> no, I don't. Because he was adamant. Uh, he says he didn't want us to meet the real people and come back saying, no, 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 they say it happened completely different. We have to do it like this. Oh, okay, mm, that makes gotcha. Sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. The movie was originally rated R and had to be edited down to PG-13 in part because of the language and drug use. Wow. Yeah, so that's hence the uh, dubbing of mm -hmm. Army Hammer's line there. Mm -hmm. And one thing I read, and I don't know if it's true, but apparently if you do like cocaine off of somebody else's body, it makes it an automatic rated R. So that's why they edited that scene, Oh, too. I did not know that. The drug use. If you do drugs off of somebody else's body, <laughs> it's radar. <R. laughs> wow. Automatic? The table is fine, wow. just not someone's belly. Apparently, oh. yeah. Mm. But it um, was her yeah, belly. Yeah, yeah, You saw. And he did belly. do it. Yes. And she did, did this. Did we see it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's on there. Yeah. And she, like, even shook off her yeah. Well, may maybe I misunderstood. Well, I didn't write that part down. I'm doing that. Sean Parker, like did yeah. that yeah. yeah he wiped it off her right and then he had residue left on his hand i would have been like no sir that that's powdered donuts i was having <laughs> <laughs> okay main video editing was done with final cut pro and it became the first academy award winner for best editing that utilized final cut wow. pro look at that wow 268 hours of footage was shot and had to be edited down to the two-hour movie we see Woo! 260 oh my gosh yeah. that's over four hours man. i want to see the whole cut i want to see the whole thing release it's, the fincher cut it's like these podcasts they take nine hours steven edited it down to an hour and a half <laughs> oh my gosh uh the scene where eduardo tells mark to lawyer up a hole took 40 takes Nice. So mm -hmm. not as bad as 99, but mm -hmm. still a lot. I heard mm -hmm. that Andrew Garfield was exhausted by the end of that. Because yeah. it, like, it's emotionally draining to have to do that. And you know? and he had to break a laptop every time. So Ooh. I saw in the behind the scenes, the camera pans over all the laptops that were broken. <gasps> wow. Oh my God. Look at that. Um, at the time of release, there were about 750 million active Facebook users. If every one of them had gone to see the movie, it would have grossed about $6 billion. 
Wow. <laughs> so that's kind of fun to think about. Jeez. But there's too many old people. Yeah. <laughs> and so just to give credit where credit is due, all these come from IMDb. And then the last one was Quentin Tarantino called this the best movie of the 2010s. Wow. 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 A lot of people agree with that. That's some praise. And yeah, yeah I'm... Um, I wouldn't argue. I don't really have much as far as like Easter eggs or anything like that, but I do have just some connections that I I saw real quick. Um, when in the beginning, when Mark is saying that like, hey, by being with me, you're going to get to pe- meet people that you wouldn't normally meet. Mm-hmm. And uh, Erica says, you would do that for me sarcastically. Right. Uh, Mark later repeats that same yep. line with the Winklevoss when they were talking and say, we're going to rehabilitate your image mm-hmm. and everything. And he's like, you would do that for me. Yep. And I'm just like, wow, interesting there. How out of touch Mark is with people's feelings unless it's being directed at him. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I have is that Mark is pretty insincere in his sympathy uh, for most of the movie or empathy. Uh, in fact, he isn't shown having much sincerity for others until the end of the movie. Most of the time he's he's faking it or something uh, or he's just trying to get, he's trying to you know, uh, just do what's best for him. But at the end, it, you kind of do see your, see some sincerity when he uh, tells Sean, you didn't have to be so rough on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know that because he repeats it three times. Mm-hmm. He, he tells him again, you didn't have to be so rough on him. You didn't have to be so rough on him. Right. And then at the very end of the movie with, uh, uh, what's her name? The lawyer? The lawyer. Rashida uh, what, Jones' Rashida character? Jones's character. Oh, right. Yeah, he says, all you've had is a salad. Do you want to go get something to eat? That is pretty sincere. You know, he's actually thinking about somebody else and not just himself. Uh, so you do see that he has changed a little bit. I don't know right. about that last one. On the last one, you I think that he was hitting on. Kind of think so a little uh, bit. Yeah, but still, it's a sincere. It's a real emotion, at least. Uh, true. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's just something I noticed. That's good. That is good. Um, just out of curiosity, I went ahead and looked it up. Facebook currently is valued at nine hundred and eight billion dollars. Good night. Almost a trillion, dude. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Um, and the, at the end of the movie, it does say that Mark Zuckerberg is the youngest billionaire in the world, and that obviously is not the case anymore. anymore. Now it is Clement Del Vecchio. Oh. What does he do? At age 19, I have no idea. At eight, but he comes from money. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, he's age 19. He didn't earn it then. He's age 19, and he is worth 3.9 bill. Jeez. Wow. And a couple of years ago, it was Kylie Jenner. Oh, yeah. Supposedly. In 2020 is whenever she became the youngest, quote-unquote, self-made billionaire. Oh, self-made. Yeah, that's probably the kicker there. Because she actually has, like, companies that would produce that value, even though she did come from a lot of money. But that's why I say, Mm quote-unquote, self-made. But I think in in the same year, 2020, she lost that title. She no longer was a billionaire. Gotcha. Because her lip kits were not. Mm-hmm. Great. Guys, I'm so sorry. We're going to have to run through this a little bit quicker than normal. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we're, we're going to try to skip a few things, okay? Let's go ahead and skip uh, who almost got casted, if that's all right with you. Yeah, I didn't get it. Let me just say one thing from there that I thought was really, really interesting. Shia LaBeouf turned down the role of Mark. Yes. And I thought that was fascinating. Uh, I think Shia LaBeouf is a decent actor, and yeah. I think he could have done I would love to see that movie with I Shia LaBeouf in it. it. Yeah. I, I would like to see it, but... Jesse Eisenberg's look is much more yeah. in like True. in line with Zuckerberg's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jonah you, you guys, Hill was gonna was in the running for to play Sean Parker, which I think would have been better. And Jonah think, Hill. Jonah Hill. That's interesting. Which he's That's a good actor. Horrible. No, he's a good actor. Yeah, I Jonah think. Hill's good. I think he would have been better than Justin Timberlake, honestly. Yeah, but that was still heavy, Jonah Hill, right? Yeah, that makes no sense. Well, he, he lost so much weight. weight. He would have. 
he did it. Yeah. That'd be crazy. You though. know Jonathan Groff? That'd be interesting. The actor, no. No, Jonathan Groff? Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Well, he's a Broadway guy that played King George on Hamilton. Okay, now I know him. Yeah, he got offered the role of Sean, turned it oh. down. Okay. Man, um, crazy. Just a few names I'm going to mention here on Actor Swap, real quick. Uh, got potential guys that were around that age range and could have played Sean. Jake Gyllenhaal would have been cool. Mm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Miles Teller, Patrick J. Adams. Mm-hmm. Chris Pine, Adam Driver, all those guys, I feel like it would have been interesting to see them replace Timberlake, who, like I said, was the weakest link. But um, I think any of those guys makes the movie even better. Can anyone replace Eduardo? I don't want it. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there are guys who could have replaced Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I don't. But I I love that Garfield got his flowers for that Mm -hmm. movie. Um, Have someone say a line from this movie as a different actor slash character. You want me to do this or you want me to skip it? You always do it. It's all you have to do it. All right, all right, all right. I've I've got two lines here. One of them I'm probably going to edit. Okay. (laughs) But um, I'm going to do this as the grandma from Nutty Professor. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, my first line is from uh, Divya Narendra. Uh Uh-huh. <clears throat> I can't wait to look over your shoulder and watch you write as a chick. <laughs> <laughs> Why does your grandma sound like Ivan? I know, it sounds like Ivan. <laughs> oh, great, great. I'm just gonna, He's I'm gonna just edit, gonna that, edit out. that out. Yeah, thanks for I'll that. Take, I'll take the first oh one then. Okay, oh hit it takes. Uh, ease patience to not buy something at retail. I had that he's definitely fighting. Hey, the Winkle boss. That's what I wrote down. Million. Yeah, he's gonna be like, no, 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 guys. Let's 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 talk about this. The six let's, the sixty five mil settlement. Like, that's a little much, don't you guys think? Right. Let's let's bring that down to maybe like twelve million. I My, have that as Sean Parker. He would not take them out to get like unlimited apple teenies. He'd probably take them to Bubba's happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> that's I good. Put, uh, that's good. You know, at the beginning when uh, Erica didn't finish her beer. He's like, hey, finish that beer, though. I'm paying for that. <laughs> so I put any of the food or drinks being bought by Sean Parker. Yeah. He had expensive taste. There yes. was, my second option was when um, when Mark is asking for like the new server and the new uh, sequ- the SQL server backend or whatever. And he's yeah. like, how much is that going to be? $200. And then he has to think about it. And he's like, okay, do it. I already did. Yeah, he would be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I need to see the receipt. Yeah. Uh, there was probably a promo code that you missed yeah. for free shipping. Yeah. You totally botched yeah. it. <laughs> I can see that happening. Yeah. Sally's called it moment. Uh, Mark's going to screw over Eduardo by the yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. As soon as Sean shows up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, B's vexing issues. Oh, I have a good one for this one. Go, Go for it, Juana. Um, the fact that Mark is able to hack all the houses' Facebook face page. Face, to, their Facebooks to uh-huh. get all their stuff, but he needs Wardo for their emails. Like, really, you can't hack the whole school to get the students' emails, but you can do all these different sorority houses. Oh, I see. Yeah, what you, you see mean. what I mean? Yeah. So like, he can get their images. And the final, but the he final club. He, he can't get a, like a list a of their the email, email addresses associated right. with that website. Yeah, that's kind of that's weak. That's there. a little weird. Um, I had uh, that shot game that they were playing to yes. join Facebook. Yes, 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 I said, yes. someone is going to the hospital yes. or dying. No question. And Zuckerberg yes. is done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no way somebody's not dying after that. They must they're, be doing like mini shots or dude, something. The shots yeah. have to be like 
this thin. Yeah. Because they're taking it like at what every ten seconds, and every, every tenth line of every code, three minutes every time they, they make said. a mistake, every yeah. three minutes, yeah. every three minutes, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. They would have yeah. yeah. thrown up after ten minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Easy. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that Asian kid who won, he's dead. <laughs> if he really exists in real life, he's done. Okay, I have one. How is Sean Parker paying for all these expensive meals and drinks when Napster filed bankruptcy? Yeah, exactly. And he supposedly doesn't even have anywhere to live. Yeah. That's, that's and fine. he's paying for, like, Nobu-style food. I think he's lying. I think something's going on there, and he's not actually broke. He has some money, but he's, like, spending it trying to land this. Or he's putting it, like, on credit he's in like the hopes of the next so, big thing. Because I wrote, yeah. if they have all that, that money, why live in that house? That's why yeah. he was. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, Miji style trial, the Winklevoss twins. I put Andrew Garfield. Ooh, I like that the Winklevoss twins. I put Erica Albright's. I put it. I put Eduardo or Sean because they were pretty like nicely Eduardo. dressed throughout yeah. the. But I do like Winklevoss too. Like they had cool mm. looks. Imagine Miji. You, you want that Patriots hoodie now? No. I want a Harvard hoodie now. Well, you can't. Why? Huh? Just cause. No. Okay. You had to go to Harvard yeah. if you want to wear Harvard. Just wanna, like Juana went to Gap to get that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm um. You're gapping. I'm getting my inner Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Kay's laugh out loud moment I had when Mark is in the bathroom with, what's her name, Alice? And if you hear really closely, you have to turn the volume up. He goes. Why did you have to do that? I'm like, that's hard to catch. But if Caden caught that, he'd be laughing out loud. Oh, yeah. He would. I just put the bathroom scene with the girls. I put the chicken. I put the chicken. I put fed chicken to a chicken. Yeah. You planted the story about the chicken. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, Iris's I hate kids moment, or in this case, you know, stretch your legs moment. College kids. College kids? She hates oh. all the college kids what? in this movie. <laughs> Did really? I say that? You do? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, stretch your legs moment? Now um, that you're here, this you're like the best person to answer this. Yeah. Well, the stretch your legs moment. Mm. What would you say that is? Um, what gave you anxiety? You're like... Sean Parker gave me anxiety, so probably when. Anytime Sean's on screen, probably anytime. Probably meeting at the restaurant. Okay. Yeah, maybe yeah. I'd be like, okay, yeah. Oh, so. but that's so important. I know, though. but he is so cringy. I'd probably stretch my legs and be like, I'm listening. I don't have to watch though. I, <laughs> I would have thought it's when he's doing drugs off of the girl and the cop show up. Like, no, that's I, also I important. Curious, like, I, I just enjoyed. That. I figured. Yeah, I figured I she like, would have yes. said. I, should, <laughs> I figured she would have said the bathroom scene. Mm. Why? Because it's <laughs> make him explain it. I'm just joking. Because <laughs> it's not necessary to the plot. <laughs> hey, they got groupies, man. There you go. Um, right. Chili's most hated tag. I put Facebook. Facebook. Obviously. Obviously. I just put computers. It's the government's way of tracking you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nieces, that's not funny, honey. Moment. Ooh, the the chicken eating the chicken. No, Considering put... she loves. Animals. No, that's, that's, that's a good one. That, that's a good one. I actually had what Mark writes about Erica while drunk blogging about yeah, the bra size and all that. that at the know. beginning oh, when Mark is dissing the girl. Laughs, that's not funny. That yeah, was like, rude. Yeah. That was like so getting mean. help from Victoria's yeah. Secret. Yeah, and he's like a 34B as in barely there. Or well, like and that. and the guy that actually makes fun of her with that bra. That, oh that's, yeah, yeah. It's like what are you like? There's no way she's laughing at that. And Rooney Mara's eyes again, like they're watering and everything. Oh, telling you, good actors just like make me feel mm -hmm. they do i put when eduardo smashes sean's laptop <laughs> that's not funny that's not that funny would, that wouldn't be funny no i wouldn't that's he could have been working on that for a long time <laughs> uh 
Uh, Andy's vacay spot. I have the Facebook house in California. <laughs> Heck no. Uh, no. 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 That's that like the look, nicest that, place in the whole world. Cool. Where else did they? Where else do you want to spend awesome. the vacation? They went to the Palo Alto in general. No, you house. can't. No, you can't do Palo Alto in general. It has to be a location from the film. I Andy. put Silicon Valley. I put that Harvard. I'd rather a Harvard dorm room than that house. I that put, house was nothing. I put Harvard dorm room. Oh yeah. wow, yeah. you surprised me on that. Wait, what did you put there? Uh, the, the, I didn't put anything, but I'm thinking of the club I put, that they were at. Oh, he's going to stay at the <laughs> club? like a club guy you? <laughs> Based on how you're dressed today, yes. Yeah. Yeah, doughboy. <laughs> oh, God. Um, People think that she's just making fun of your weight right now. <laughs> no, he actually has a chain with the doughboy. Yeah, his new nickname's doughboy. Uh, Juana Chef's Kiss, I wrote down Eduardo. I did not... I, I put Tyler Winklevoss. Yeah. I put the Winklevoss. I told her, don't tell me what it actually is until the part. I, I, I wrote down Side the Lawyer. Side? <laughs> <laughs> she I does have say, a thing for older guys. I, I, know. Say, I put Wardo. And it's not just because it's physical. I mean, Andrew Garfield is fine. She's yeah. literally right? doing the chef's kiss thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's his personality in this movie. He is always so worried about Mark. When he broke up, when Erica yeah. broke up, he's like, hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Like, actually Wardo, being I need you. there for a friend. I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, oh, that's just so attractive. Wardo mm. has my heart. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ace is losing it moment. This was hard. Yeah. Even for me, but I put when Sean finally gets busted and Mark tells him, go home, Sean. Oh, I was just like, finally, you know, it's just like, good. This guy finally gets what yeah. he deserves. You exactly. know? He's, he's been the poison the entire movie. Right. Jesus, and and yes. now Mark's basically like not with it. He, and he's just, I feel like the go home is kind of like, out of, I, I want to set the ties with you. He's out from under his control, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's now a, he's giving him advice. Go home. Sean. That's very good. Yeah. I, I had thought it was going to be whenever he's... Whenever he smashes the laptop, oh. and that whole blow up happens. Oh, I, that was a potential option. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys, let's talk about last looks. We'll briefly discuss if uh, there were sequels or present sequel ideas if none were ever produced. Uh, clearly, the answer is no. No sequel should happen to this movie. And also, yes. I wrote down it can never happen there should, due to there non-disclosure should, there agreements. There should be a sequel uh, yeah. the end- about the metaverse. No. Okay. No, no, the, 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 all right. Let me say this, and then you guys can go. The NDAs are going to prevent uh, and uh, what what I uh, would like to happen. I would love to see an eight to 10 episode documentary series about the actual events with interviews from the people involved, mm. just so that I could then contrast it with what the movie That's presented. Interesting. I would love to see that. Like I said, can't happen. Do you think the NDAs have an expiration date or no? I think that stuff, is, that stuff is forever. Yeah, until people start dying. That's the So price. I'll say this, in 2021, Aaron Sorkin said he would be interested in a sequel as quote, I think what has been going on with Facebook these last few years is a story very wor- very much worth telling. He added, though, that he would only move forward if Fincher agreed to direct. Wow. So only with Fincher would he, he went, do What it. year did he say that? That was 2021. Yeah. Although I read somewhere else where it seemed like it might have been 2020. But it seems like in the last couple of years, he thinks there's an idea there. That's interesting. Uh, if yeah. Fincher is on board to direct. But of course, Eduardo's out of that completely. So are the Winklevoss twins because they have nothing to do with that. It's just going to be Eisenberg and a new cast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the current stuff going on with Facebook. Yeah, yeah. because there's plenty of drama happening there too. Cool. Yeah, all the political stuff with Trump and the false information and whatnot. Let her say her okay. her sequel idea. Uh, the Revenge of the Winklevoss. <gasps> yeah. I would love. What are they doing <laughs> yeah, now? What are like, they doing now? Him. What is it? The, the Winklevoss and Divya or... hire a hitman. Or and he has to get infiltrate the offices of Facebook to get Wardo to Mark. How Wardo and Mark became besties. 
Oh, like a prequel? Yeah. Okay. Oh, but I wait. Did they grow up together? No, I don't think I, so. I don't no? Think so. no, I, I think they met at up. a certain point. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, final scores for the movie? A minus. A plus. A. Yeah, solid. <laughs> a. Solid A. a. God. Oh my God. I want to give it an A plus, but I can't. I can't do it. Why? I don't know. It's I think the best movie of the 2010s. Because Sean Parker ruins it. Because you just don't feel good by the end. Yeah. Oh. Did you even give Dark Knight an A plus? No. No. So you haven't given any movie that we've done so far an A plus. Right. Exactly. I'm gonna find out one day what your A plus movie is. <laughs> one day. Godzilla. Okay. I have I have one last question, and we'll end the pod with this. Okay. You guys give me your uh, quick answers. Did Mark steal the Winkle Boss's sight? No. Where do you no. land on this? You say I, no? You say I no? say in the in the grand scheme of it, no. I say yes. You say I say yes. You say yes. So two yeses, two here's, no's. Here's my reasoning for it. Okay. Had the Winklevi and Div actually gone through with making uh Harvard Connect or Connect U, it would have sucked because they don't know what to, to take something good and make it great. Had they made it, Mark would have seen it and still taken the six weeks that it took him to create the Facebook. And, it, and he would have invented it anyways. It made well, no difference. to me, it's opposite. Like, if the Winklevoss twins hadn't mentioned to him, would he have even come up with trying to do that on his own? He could have invented something else that was amazing, but I don't think it would end up being something like Facebook. That's what I mean, though. He would have seen it eventually. Because had they followed through with their plan and created their own site, he would have seen it. And their whole argument is whoever gets there first is the one that's going to win. That's not always true. Yeah. It is it's whoever does it better. It is important, but that's yeah, why exactly. Apple is what it is. Because that's it, even in the movie when they're talking about it, he's like, "How is this any different from MySpace or whatever?" And it's like, "Okay, yeah, I get it, the exclusivity part of it." But they didn't have the know-how to be able to take something that's a good idea and make it blow up the way it did. Yeah. Mark had it. Yeah. Which I is why they wanted yeah. him because he had the whole face mash thing. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone who's listening, thank you so much for uh, joining us on this pod. We had Follow a good time. Follow us on Facebook. Do you guys I'm have kidding. a kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have a good time? Yes. Oh, always. Yeah, great movie. Um, it was really nice to discuss it with you guys. So, uh, as always, we will go ahead and say we'll see you on the next one. And cut. <laughs>